Hi, everyone. This is Meredith Root, and welcome to the Afternoon Snack Podcast, brought to you by Tactic Nutrition. Hi, I'm Alex Parker, owner of Tactic Nutrition, former lawyer, CrossFit Games athlete, turned health and fitness geek. I'm also into health and nutrition, a more recent CrossFit Games athlete, co-owner of Tactic Nutrition, and former engineer. We are here to have fun, engaging conversation about some of our favorite topics, including nutrition, health, coaching, motivation, and of course, CrossFit. Our goal is to give you something to think and talk about and hopefully make you laugh along the way. Hey, Alex. Meredith. Um, I feel like I missed out not starting this recording just a little bit sooner because we would have gotten your like pre-recording yawn and burping and like all of the the podcast prep. I don't know why you always feel the need to embarrass me. Are you embarrassed? Does, I mean a little bit. Does burping embarrass you? Not really. But like Meredith used to do this thing and we had to do a very we had to have a very serious conversation about it because I would come out of like the washroom and be like oh my god like Pam was in there and I really had to like poo so I had to be like super quiet and make sure like you know I like I don't know if she heard me and I'll be like, I, I don't think she did. And then Meredith would like walk up to Pam and be like, Alex, just shit in the bathroom when you're right beside her in the stall. <laughs> did you know that? <laughs> like, thanks, Meredith. I got you. I don't know. I think it makes you relatable. Everybody's done that. I don't want to be relatable. You I want to be a step above everybody. One of the best things about... I want people to think that my shit doesn't stink. <laughs> <laughs> um... I mean, I have firsthand knowledge that your shit is extra stinky. <laughs> um, Case in point. Everyone's been that person, though, where you're like in the gym or something and it's like the morning and you didn't quite time it right. And you're like, ah, uh, crap. Literally. Mm-hmm. So you go and like, you know, you do the thing and you spend an extra long time in there like washing your hands, like fanning paper towels around. You're like, all right, well, that's as good as I can get it. And then you open the door and there's someone waiting and you're like, God damn it. (laughs) That was always the best part of CrossFit competitions is the bathrooms get so bad so early that like it doesn't matter. Remember Wadapalooza? Oh my God. 2018? 18, we were there on a team with Yeah. Wasn't that when it was? Or was it the year 17? I think every year at Wadapalooza is horrible for the bathroom situation. Weren't the bathrooms like overflowing? something crazy they had to have like a porta potty set up yeah i can't remember and what it, sm- year that was. it like smelled like sewage yep i don't exactly know what happened but anyway whoever was there they would know they would remember because i do yeah um i definitely I- recall that and then i was there the year what year was i there 2016 water palooza were you there that year where the, it was like torrential downpour no. on the first day and so the entire weekend, it was just like, it was just completely, the grounds are completely flooded. And you know, when like, like mud and water gets kind of stagnant and then it has that rank, like, like poo smell to it. That was the whole weekend. Sounds nice. And you're walking through it with your shoes. Like there was no, they had like plywood out for you to walk on, but it was actually floating. So as soon as you stepped on it, oh. you were in like ankle deep 
sort of poo smelling mud water that happened at not that but the the over overflowing of porta potties happened at pride in toronto too yeah that was not good it's never good to when you like you are so desperate to use the bathroom that you have to use a porta potty and then you open the door and realize that it's full yeah yeah anyways on to a different matter i have to apologize um i was informed which is weird because i listened to all the podcasts over usually before we put them up to make sure they're okay and apparent and i didn't catch this but apparently i refer to a Swedish berry as a Jewish berry. (laughs) What would a Jewish berry be? I have no idea how that happened. I mean, Swedish, Jewish. I mean, I could, I could see it. They both have the same ending. Ish. Yeah. I think that's kind of funny, but apparently it made a few people laugh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know enough about like Jewish culture or cuisine to, comment on what a jewish berry would be but like why is a swedish berry a swedish berry is it just like the the type of candy i guess like a swedish swedish fish why is it a swedish (laughs) i can't say swedish why is it a swedish fish and not like a finnish fish like finland i don't know you'd have to look at the origin of the candy i bet it's like an american candy probably yeah well, it's owned by Maynard's. What is Maynard's? A candy company. Oh. They do like fuzzy peaches. Oh, right. So they make all those. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're like culturally appropriating the Swedes. Maybe. Mm. There's something to this. I'll look into it. I'll report back. Okay. <laughs> um, I had an idea. It's like one of my many ideas that I have. They usually come to me in the shower. We've talked about this. Or in the middle of the night. This was a shower idea. Um, usually my my business ideas come to me in the shower. And my creative <coughs> Instagram ideas come to me at nighttime. Just if anyone cares. And then she always comes out of the shower and she's completely naked. And she's like, okay, I have an idea. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Let's hear this. Are you getting dressed first? I'm, no, no, no. I don't. There's no time. I need to get this out. <coughs> um, so there's really nothing that enhances a business proposal quite like um like damp nudity so um try it out especially when you're trying to convince your partner that you're you have a good idea yeah nudity a little a little nudity goes a long way i think do you think it goes from like a hard pass to i'll think about it yeah so anyways my idea the other day you know like kind of last year was the the first year of like the athletes training camps <clears throat> and I remember hearing like the first one, like there was like the the proven training camp in Tennessee. There was like training think tank did theirs down in Georgia. Um, there was a the one in Vegas. So all of these little like camps are forming, right? With these athletes. I want to do a camp here. I want to start one. What do you think about that? I would need to hear more. Okay. Well, I'll tell you more. So I don't want our camp to be like other camps. Number one, like we're at elevation. So like, frankly, this is kind of a crappy place to have an athlete camp. If you're doing online qualifiers, not the place for online qualifiers, but it's fine because the people, I don't want, I don't want people who want to go to the games at my camp. I want it to be a, like a leisure 
CrossFit athlete camp. People who they're like doing CrossFit because they don't know what it's like to not do CrossFit, but they kind of don't want to do CrossFit anymore, but they're not sure how to retire. So I want our camp to be like the retirement home of CrossFit athlete camps. And like, it's fine. It can run out of our basement gym, which is like, honestly, plenty of space because there's not that much working out at our athlete camp. There's like, we work out a little bit, whatever. And then we can go run and ride bikes and like hike in the mountains. And it's like, I want it to be the transition camp. I want it to be like, I want out. I need help. We got you. What do you think? I'll take your silence as like you think that it's a good idea. So I'll put that one. I'll put that one with the other ideas. We just need a name. What do you think? We no. I don't think we want. We want people like here in our. The best part about our home gym is it's just for us. So. We need to build a new gym. No, I would prefer. I would prefer not to organize anything like that. Um, I'm gonna pencil. I'm gonna pencil you in for a maybe. <laughs> okay. I'll pitch that in a better way later. But just think about like think about all the friends we could make. You know. Yeah. Think about how annoyed we could get. Well, like, you gotta try people out before you know if you're gonna be a good fit. You know. Anyways, that was my shower idea the other day, and I thought it was a damn good one. I can see you share my excitement. I'm I'm a little <laughs> miffed that you pitched this idea to me on the podcast. So I, my response needs to be carefully crafted so I'm not rude to you in front of all of our listeners. Yeah, that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's move on <laughs> okay speaking of i guess um transitioning out of crossfit into other endeavors speaking of leisure athletes we're gonna talk about what i'm up to so a couple episodes ago i like how i, I like how i'm gonna pause here for a second i like how i did your intro for your like what's alex doing for training episode and i'm also introing myself do you want to intro me i'll give you this opportunity let's see what you got um so meredith is running a half marathon it's coming up in Banff. i think most people are aware but she hasn't always been a runner and so Today, we're going to talk about how that came to be, how she set the goal to run a half marathon in a certain time, and how she's managing that with staying strong and keeping healthy. So Meredith, start us out. What's your goal half marathon time? Well, I just, first of all, wonderful intro. Thanks. That was like really well done that was like that was improv off the cuff and i thought it flowed and just i want to acknowledge that thanks good job i'm gonna have you do that more often now what is my goal time uh sub one hour 34 minutes and 55 seconds (sighs) 
because that's your time from 2018 was one hour, 34 minutes, 56 seconds. So I just, I need to beat you by one second or more. I think it'll end up being more, but that's like, that's the hard line. Like have to be that fast. During my 30 K today, I ran my uh, half marathon in one thirty-eight. Well, aren't you special? That's pretty good though. Yeah. I was happy with it. But anyways, it's like, you know, I think like, oh, that's so close to sub 130. But really, it's not. <laughs> no. Like those minutes from like 140 to 130 are pretty substantial. It's like going from like a 180 snatch to a 200 pound snatch. Yes. Like that's pretty significant. It takes a lot of focus and like targeted training. Yep. To get there. Yep. Exactly. Um, my PR. So my I've run this race before. I've run this course. We both did back in 2018 and I was like a 140 something and some seconds. I know your time. I don't remember mine because it's kind of, I don't really care, but it'll be about a five minute. It'll be, no, it'll be more. It'll be like a five and a half minute PR on this course. And it's actually a great, the Banff half marathon course is really nice. Like a lot of people hear Banff and they're like, oh, it's going to be hilly. It's in the mountains. It is in the mountains, but it's by, it's like on the river um and it's an out and back so it's like it's slightly uphill to the turnaround and then the second half of it is slightly downhill so it's actually a really nice course on top of the fact that you're like in banff national park so the scenery's beautiful um so as far as like courses on which you can run a fast half like banff is a pretty good course it's not perfectly flat um, but it's not super hilly. I guess it is at elevation. So that's the, like no one who was trying to qualify for a race elsewhere or like really PR would probably run Banff, but it's a good, I guess, destination half for a lot of people. Anyways, isn't there a mar? There's a marathon division. Yes. Yeah. There's actually a 50 K. Okay. And then the Calgary half and marathon is the following weekend. That's the one I was originally going to do. Um, and then they moved Banff from, so it was canceled and then they rescheduled it to September. Um, so I'm doing that one instead. And September's like toss up. It could be snow. So that would be kind of neat. I don't want there to be snow, but I don't think there'll be, there'll be any snow. Um, I mean, it's been snowing in, in, Banff. in the mountains. Yeah. Like Lake Louise. That's quite far from Banff. Well, it snowed in Canmore like last week. Okay. Um, but Calgary actually has more elevation change on it than Banff. So I think uh, as soon as there was an alternative to Calgary, I just took it. Because you know, we run that part of that course all the time. And you know that turn up to the zoo. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so anyways, I kind of... Um, I guess the, the half iron, the half, not half iron man, the half marathon goal sort of started back in like, um, around April and it was originally going to be an off-road. I was originally going to do a trail half marathon along with a bike. And then that, the duathlon got canceled. That was in Canmore. Um, so I just immediately shifted to let's just do a half. Cause I was like, I was already running and I didn't want to rape. I didn't want to waste the training just because the event was canceled. 
And I'm actually kind of glad, like in hindsight, I'm glad that happened. I don't know that I would have been super prepared for a half, half marathon, like a 25 kilometer trail run the day after a 50 kilometer bike in June. That would have been so brutal. (laughs) Um, so I'm actually kind of okay with the fact that that happened. And then I've just, I've gotten way more into running and way more into it than I kind of anticipated. And I think part of that is like, um, it, this has been the longest period of time like start to finish that I've, I've done, I've trained running consistently. And so like, I've always been a good runner in the context of like, you know, CrossFit, whatever. Um, but as far as running events, I've never really trained this long. And so running is starting to feel a lot different to me. And you probably know what I'm talking about because you are experiencing the same just with longer duration. Um, and it's weird. Like I, I, I'm like looking forward to runs now. Like when I think about my week of training, like the sessions that I look forward to are the running sessions. That's what, like I do the gym sessions, but what I crave is the running sessions, which is like never happened before. Um, so that's pretty cool. And I think in the context of where I am, like athletically, like I joke about retiring or whatever, but there was like a period of time after CrossFit where I just felt like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm training, you know, CrossFit style strength and conditioning because I, I like the way it makes me feel. And I know that it's good for my health and I enjoy certain parts of it. But as far as like, you know, what is my greater purpose? I didn't really have one. Not that I necessarily need to have one, but, um, I think it's, I'll interject here. I think it's, I think a lot about my clients or um, other athletes that I see in gyms and there's a progression there. Like they're still getting better. There's still space like to improve. But for people like us who've been at the top and who've invested 100% of our time into training for a few years there like we're not gonna we're not gonna get better now like we're old older we're we've been injured and like we don't have the time so it's like we're not gonna get better at CrossFit by training for health for fitness for Mm -hmm. um enjoyment like it's it you you can't you can't get back to that level without committing the time and the energy and the effort. Yes. So I think when you say for you, like I felt kind of I lost, like, you know, you didn't have like a direction. I think that's unique to somebody who's like been at the top. It's like if you have an elite swimmer who's now just like swimming for like fitness, it's kind of like, well, what am I doing? They swim because they, that's what, it's what they do. And, but, but there's no like, there's no like drive like there was before. It's like, yeah. how do you find that again? Yeah. By doing the same kind of training. <laughs> like, how do you, how do you have a new goal that isn't the CrossFit Games or yeah. like, you know, re- regionals or sanctionals or whatever it may be? Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, for so long there was a direction like, okay, we're moving in this direction. And even after the Games in 2018, there was still a direction. Like it was, there was still like, maybe, even though like 
I knew what I felt, but it was like, I think part of me was still holding on to like, you know, the, the, maybe I can, I can do this again. Yeah. The potential was still there. Yeah. Um, like the reality of it is I qualified for the CrossFit games at like towards the end of my CrossFit career. Like that's just where, that's how the timing worked out. Like I wasn't one of those people who qualified at age 25. I qualified at age 30. And I'd had to that point, like a long training history with lots of injuries. I had a lot of injuries in 2018 before the games. And so I'm like, I'm a logical enough person to understand and to see the writing on the wall and just, you know, have it be like, yep, like I did accomplish this goal. The likelihood that I accomplish it again, probably not very likely. And the effort that it will take. Yeah. Not just the physical effort, but like the mental effort of struggling through injuries, which are inevitable. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's, you know, there's always expectation that someone who goes to the games goes back. And whether, like, no matter how logical you are, because I'm the most logical person there is, I felt that. And I put, like, I put that on myself. And I wanted it because I knew that, you know, there was some level of expectation somewhere. Um, and so that's uh, honestly, like, and we've talked about this, but 2019 was a bit of a blessing just because it was such a cluster that it was like, I'm like, I don't have the bandwidth to even sort through what the rules are this year and how to play the game or the money. Yeah. Because we're like, you know, we had just started up tactic. We were like, you know, that was where our focus was. I, I didn't have it in me to like, you know, to play that game. And so I, we got to take that year off, you know, and then 2020 happened. And so there's another year off and that provided, like last year provided an enormous amount of clarity for me. And then, you know, you kind of went through the same transition that I did. Um, and I just kind of like decided, you know, I have to figure out, I have to figure out what's next. Like what comes next? I'm not someone who can just like, you know, check the box and, um, you know, like, yep, that was, I did that once and now I'm doing something totally different. Like I know fitness is going to be a part of my life. Um, we spend tons of time in the mountains doing skiing, biking, stuff like that. I love being active and I love being outside. And so for me, like the transition back to running, like it was kind of a, a natural transition, even though it took a lot of effort initially. So I think, I started running around this time last year, September, October. And the only reason I started running, I think it was because we got some shoes sent to us. <laughs> we, um, well, and I was running a lot and you were like, it's the thing that always happens with the two of us. It's like, well, I mean, if she's doing it and it wasn't even because we wanted to do it together. Just like, I think you could see how much I was enjoying it. And it was nice to like get outside and he, and we did get shoes and you were like, all right. Fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's exactly it. And, uh, at that time I was a, a fair weather runner. So we started in the fall and that, that was a pretty short running season. So that ended in like October. So it was only a couple months of running for me and then basically took the winter off cause I'm not about that life. And you are now. Yeah. Well, yeah we'll get there um 
and then started back up in the kind of the springtime with the new goal. And, um, I decided I wanted a new running watch. So I, cause I've been, I had an Apple watch. That was all I had, which is like a terrible running watch. It does. Okay. I guess it tracks distance and you can pair certain heart rate monitors to it, but it's just, it's not a running watch. And so I bought a Garmin forerunner 945, which is like the, I got a good deal on Amazon or something and I sold my Apple watch to kind of like pay for it, but it is like the top of the line kind of forerunner model. And then I was like, shoot, like if I'm going to have this watch, like I better, I better earn it. Right. Um, yeah, so I started running a little more consistently, like two sessions a week back in April, May timeframe. Um, I ran, I remember I ran a half marathon in North Carolina in like May. And that was when I was still prepping for that race in June that got canceled. And it's funny, like, I remember being wrecked after that 21 and it wasn't even fast. It was like a 520 pace, I think per kilometer per kilometer, which is, uh, around a what two hour is that two hours is that under two hours i don't know around two it's hours. under two hours under two like a 150 something i think to be under two hours you have to run a 540 per kilometer okay so it was well under two hours not fast but i remember not being, fast for you no but still respectable yeah i'm not i'm not saying it's not I'm yeah like in the context of my paces yeah um so yeah, I did that. And then sort of went as soon as the race was canceled, which was like maybe within a week of that race or that run, like my training kind of reset because we were kind of cramming like, like Mike. So I were pro both programmed by Mike Fitzgerald and you know, he was trying to get me as ready as he could before June. And then as soon as that June race was canceled, it was like, all right, let's back, let's kind of back up because now we have until September and, and reassess what we're doing here which was, um, which was good. It gave us an opportunity to like build in distance, but also start building in some more speed work. And then for me, um, I was really curious about how like the gym training was going to play into it. Um, cause I'd never really done high volume running with any amount of CrossFit or strength training. So up until recently I've been doing like two of my sessions per week are like high volume or not high volume, but squat days. Um, and every time you squat, I'm like, wow, <laughs> what's well, weird. So like, cause I'm like, <laughs> I don't even do back squats anymore. Cause I'm like too heavy. <laughs> uh, my body's like too heavy. <laughs> early on, I was doing a lot of like tempo back squats. Um, I just, I like back squat more than front squat. Um, front squat sometimes gets my back kind of jacked up. I think it's the, like, I don't know. Interestingly, I'll point this out cause I'm sure some of our listeners will find it interesting. Front squats are worse for you when you're, <coughs> excuse me, about to get your period for some people for you. Yeah. Um, so I cut out, um, I cut out front squatting around my period if I can, or I try to, or I go really light. Cause it's just not, um, 
sorry we had to pause so alex could hack up a lung i coughed up a tiny black bug are you good no joke no joke a bug came out of my throat well you ran there was a tickle there was a tickle Mm -hmm. and i coughed as you heard in the background yeah and a tiny black bug came up it wasn't alive so it wasn't like tickling actively in the back how would it be alive it's in your throat well i don't know you could have because it was there was an active tickling sensation okay i thought maybe its little legs were tickling back there but maybe it was alive and then it died in the coughing fit it could have been the force of it coming up the the top of the esophagus anyways it's all clear now Okay, continue we've, we've paused this i've paused this thing about eight times do you want do you need a drink or anything at i'm all good to go i'm good to go continue please you were talking about front squatting yeah and how i cut that out around my period because i tend to make my low back explode and then i'm off training doing anything really for like a week yeah so a preventative measure yeah it's called self-awareness yep yeah but it's also common so if like it happens to you it's like a thing um yeah anyways um i was doing a lot of tempo back squats kind of early on and um i think it's for me it's just a better way to to back squat it helps with like the eccentric helps with strength and i'm just like i'm weird with tempo like i'm almost as good with a four second tempo down as i am with just a straight back squat I mean, obviously not like I can't four second tempo my one rep max, but I was like, I was like up towards like 250 on a four second tempo while I was running. This was back in like June, July, I think. Um, yeah. And so I've kind of, I was, I've been waiting for that, the numbers to just kind of fall off as the running volume increases and the pace gets faster. Um, and they haven't like. Uh, back squats been solid. I, you know, I can kind of walk into the gym on any day and snatch up to like 165, 170. I can, um, you know, still clean and jerk over 200. And it's kind of funny, like my whole perspective on the gym and on training has changed. Cause even last year when there was, wasn't really planning on competing CrossFit or anything, you know, I go down there and I would, I would hit like a 165 snatch and just like kind of pout about it. Be like, oh, well, you know, girls are snatching 200 pounds now. Like 165 is not even good. And I would just get in my head about it. Same thing with clean and jerk. Um, and there's none of that now. Like the expectation is is gone that I need to be hitting any specific number. And so now I, you know, I can go down there and snatch whatever, 165 and just kind of like, yep, okay, move on which like frankly is pretty good. I think for me at this moment in time. I mean, if you think about it, 165 is it, from a percentage perspective pretty close to your max. I mean, yeah, like there though, you know, those extra 15 or 20 pounds is fairly significant, but 165 is like what 80 over 80%. That's pretty good considering all the other stuff that you're doing. Yeah. Um do you think it's 86%. Exactly. It's pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah. To be able to hit 86%, like on a given, any given training day down in the basement, at, like, you know, the day after a 15 kilometer run or however long. Yeah. But, um, 
I was thinking like for you, the difference between you and me, I tend to be more of like a slow twitch athlete. So do you think, and I'm running a little bit more, so maybe that is impacting it. But what do you think? Like, do you think because you're more of a fast twitch athlete, like you're just faster and a little bit stronger in those movements, like you're able to maintain those numbers a little bit easier despite yeah. the amount of running that you're doing it. Yeah. I think the, it, it's a two way street. Like it's probably the reason why your baseline running is always really good in your endurance. And it's probably why my strength is always pretty good because it's just the type of athlete that we, that we are like, I've always been faster. I've always been a little stronger. Like to paint the picture and what I'm talking about between me and Meredith, Meredith will do a burpee in half the time I will do a burpee. It's actually crazy, but that's exactly, that's like, you're just faster. Yeah. You you can do one and a half to two burpees in the time that I do one burpee. Yes. Well, let's say one and a half. You do a burpee like you're wearing a vest. I know, but it's like, I can't, I can't help it. Or remember, like I would consider myself a much better rower than you are, but you can get the rower up way higher than me in terms of calories <laughs> per hour yeah if we do if like, you a do 10, like a 10 or 20 second all out yeah max output like calorie per same with hour. the assault bike and you weigh less than me yeah i i have i think i can get i have about what 200 calories per hour better than you <laughs> on the rower and then about three to four rpms better than you on the assault bike yeah but yeah. i'm like can you row although actually you're your marathon row is pretty good too. Yeah, I beat you on the marathon row. All right, row. fine. <laughs> I could probably beat you on a 5K though. Well, here's the test, right? So it's it's the test that Mike used to do where and it's important that an athlete doesn't know that this is coming. But you test your like you you test your max RPM on an, an assault bike or an echo bike. Mm -hmm. And you tell the athlete that's the test. Like you know, two or three attempts to get max RPM and then Five minutes later, the new test is now how long can you, can that athlete hold 70% of that max RPM? And that's the real test, right? Because my, maybe my max is higher. My ability to hold that seven, like 70% of the max lower. Mm -hmm. That kind of is a, a telling metric. But if an athlete know that, like knows, you can't just be like, hey, I'm going to do that test because you're probably going to self-regulate the max, right? It's impossible not to. Yeah. That's been studied and yeah understood. But if you have an athlete who you coach for and you ever want to have that number, it's a pretty neat test. Do it. It's fun. It's fun so surprise. you're like, you're, we were talking about this the other day. You don't think you're, you don't weigh yourself, but you don't think your body weight has changed at all. No, I think I'm, I think I've, I've, I may have lost a little bit of weight. Like I'm a little trimmer. I just noticed the way my clothes fit, but um, probably not more than a couple of pounds. So I'm probably still around like one, I would say 128 to 131. And since running, you've done what with your diet? Oh, well, I guess more recently. More, yeah, within the last four weeks, kind of just shifted to a higher carbohydrate intake and then lower fat. Why? Just to to help with performance and recovery. So it's an easy shift to make because we have carbs all over the house and I am like our protein sources are 
low fat. And so all I do is I add fat to my diet. So when I want to make that change, I remove fat from my diet and I add carbs. It was super easy because I'll, it's like, you know, I add in fruit and cereal and bagels and I don't use quite so much butter and I like take away an egg yolk. Like it's, it's a really easy, easy change to make, but I've noticed, um, and again, I can't, I can't say it's like definitely the, the cause or like the, you know, because I'm also training progressively. So I should be getting better and faster and should be getting easier as a byproduct of my training if everything else is controlled. But I, f- I feel like making the change to nutrition aided in the progression of the training. Yeah. They just, they kind of go together. There's no real way to know other than my intuition for it. Um, but it's, it makes the most sense to make that kind of change for me now so that I can take full advantage of it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm super excited for the race. Not like obviously to see you race, but when you did the half uh, Ironman, half Ironman wasn't, Oh no, no, no. The Olympic triathlon. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The Olympic triathlon without the swim. Yeah. Uh, about a couple months ago now. And I did the, I took over the tactic nutrition stories and did like course updates <laughs> that was fun yeah and I'm excited to do that again yes it'll be uh yeah I guess it'll be around the same duration hour and a half mm-hmm. so yeah that'll be that'll be good um yeah it's it's interesting I find myself you know the last time I ran a half marathon I was like I don't want to do that again I never want to do that again it was so painful but I was so untrained for it so I think like I'm actually excited now I ran today was my last long run Um, which was how long it was 16 kilometers so it's it's five kilometers short of the race about 10 miles I guess 10 miles exactly yeah yeah um so I ran that today at race pace, which was, uh, I actually ran a little quicker than race pace. So I ran it at a four thirty-three per kilometer pace, which is a seven minute and 19 second mile. Um, and I finished and I felt like I could keep going another five K. And then like the idea is like, you keep, you should feel like you can keep going and then possibly pick up the pace at the end which I felt like, yes, I can do that, especially knowing the way the Banff course is. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I think, you know, next week will be a a taper with training and then obviously a like a carb load for a couple of days. So I, I think I'll feel really good if I can stay healthy, which I don't foresee any reason why I can't. Um, but it's funny, I'm always, like, I'm already thinking forward to, like, to the next run which will be in the spring um because i've just decided that that's like this is a like a stepping stone like it's going to be fun but it's not the end and then even when i you know when i race again in the spring and if i get the 90 minute i don't think that's going to be the end either and that's kind of the fun thing about competing and not competing in CrossFit because I think everyone knows what the end goal is there. But like with running, you do it like it's for you. And so it's, 
it's kind of morphed into this like you know there's there's all these different peaks and achievements that you can you can make and it's it's not like hey I'm gonna do that and then I'm gonna be done I'm never gonna do it again which I think is some people who who set out to do things like Ironmans and ultras or even marathons like they set out to do it one time and then they do it and they're done and so it's like well maybe maybe that was the wrong thing for you to do at that period of time if you if you don't want to continue you don't want to move on to something else like maybe you should have set a smaller goal that makes you feel like you want to do something else um but maybe that's just maybe that's just a difference in yeah and people i think running a marathon can be different for everybody like for me it's I'm doing it for a purpose to raise money but I'm also doing it for myself because I wanted a new challenge and now that I'm into it and I'm enjoying it so much I'm uh, I'm already thinking ahead it's like okay after I finish this marathon what's next I'm already thinking forward Mm -hmm. what what's my next goal gonna be kind of like you with your 90 minute goal I'm thinking can I do sub three hours in the next few years? Yeah. Is it, is that something that I would enjoy chasing? Is that a goal that I would, would enjoy? Whereas I think some people sign up for marathons as just, just a challenge. Yeah. Maybe it's to kickstart a different lifestyle to give them motivation to get outside and exercise and they've never run before. I, and they know full well that this is going to be it for them for running, but it's still an accomplishment and maybe it's, you know, it, it helps prove to themselves like, Hey, I am, I am capable. I'm, I can do something else. Maybe it's not running cause I didn't really like running. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think, is it necessary to do a marathon in order to recognize that? Mm, probably not. Yeah. But it is a pretty good kickstart. I'm sure that there's a ton of people out there who've done one marathon and are like, I'm good with not running ever again. <laughs> and yeah. maybe, but they, they, you know, that's a pretty big accomplishment and they can move forward with way more confidence in their ability to like accomplish anything really. Mm-hmm. A, a marathon is a, a pretty good metaphor for life. I'm reading a book right now um, that's called, it's by Matt Fitzgerald. It's like marathon for life or something. I can't remember the exact title of it, but he, he talks about that. It's pretty interesting, but it's, I, I think any sort of athletic achievement, there are different motivations for it. Yeah. But I'm excited that I found something that I can see myself doing for many years to come. I think part of it is like getting, like freeing yourself from the confines of competitive CrossFit because no one in their right mind would train for distance running while also like having any kind of inclination that they're going to be very good at the sport of CrossFit. So, but when you're kind of, when you're like, when you still have one leg on that fence, you kind of, you're less, like I felt less likely to do things like running or a lot of biking because I know that like, you know, there is an impact. Is it a great impact? Maybe not. But like it's it's gonna it's gonna take the top end off your strength numbers. Like there's just there's no really there's no way around that. Like it's gonna take you out of the gym. It's gonna 
like there's a recovery cost to it and so like letting that go is freeing because now it's like well I can do anything I want I'm obviously going to keep doing strength training and CrossFit style training because I think it does create a really well-rounded athlete I want to be a well-rounded athlete I don't want to be someone who's you know 105 pounds and you know yeah, can run like a, a gazelle, but can't squat, you know, 135. That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm okay with it taking off my top end. Yeah. I'm okay with that. And I think there's a misconception that, you know, there that that conditioning and endurance comes at a great strength cost or that strength training has a great impact on endurance because that's, it isn't true. Um, you know, for, for me, I think part of, I was expecting there to be a better, a greater cost to it, but I've also been doing strength and conditioning training consistently for like, uh, like nine years now. And it's not just going to go away. Like, you know, it's, it's a training age thing. It's, it's what you're conditioned to do. It's what my body's conditioned to do. So it's not, I'm not going to lose all of that. Um, I think if someone is newer into strength and conditioning, maybe they experience a more significant drop off if they start doing tons and tons of running or aerobic volume. I think for the most part, they can exist in a balance. And then like, I know that there's research that's been done that's indicated that strength training really doesn't have a huge effect on endurance output. And so that's why like a lot of running coaches now are starting to push like squatting, lunging, you know, total body strength training on their athletes because they see that it reduces risk of injury. It, it helps create really healthy hips. Um, it makes you a better runner. It makes you stronger, helps your bones, um, helps your connective tissue. When I was, when I was dealing with that little knee injury, I, was obviously on Google researching what it could be and what the cause is and how to get rid of it. And like with any runner's injury, it was like the the things that you can do to um, help heal and avoid future injury. It was like <laughs> squatting, single leg, like lunging, step ups, core exercises. And I'm like, I already do all this stuff. Yeah. A lot of runners don't though. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's pretty unusual for for runners to cross train. Or you read endurance magazines and it's all the like different workouts and stuff that runners should be doing. It's really basic stuff. Glute no one's bridges. squatting like two hundred over two hundred pounds. Yeah. <clears throat> but I was gonna say, um, do you think that we are enjoying like chasing these different running goals because they're for us? Like a sub three thirty marathon or a sub 90 half marathon in the grand scheme of running isn't that good like (laughs) you're not you're not close enough to get to the upper echelon of elite running like you're not even close yeah like even if I somehow managed to get a sub three hour marathon that is not that good for a female like a female elite runner yeah I'm like I'm so far off that I'm just I'm like in my own world with like recreational runners just trying to better my time yeah, and like enjoy the process. Whereas with CrossFit, 
and not to toot our own horns. It's just a fact, like we were part of that upper echelon of athletes. And so every time we train or we compete, we're comparing ourselves to the top. You know, we're comparing ourselves, maybe not to Tia, but okay, I'll, com- I'll compare myself to Christy Aramo or, or people like who are close coming top 10. Cause I'm like, that's it. eventually the goal. Like you want to make it to the games and get in there. Whereas with running it, there isn't that comparison. Like I'm not, I'm not on Instagram, like looking at people's running times and being like, Oh, I, you know, I, I bet, I wonder how close I could get, or I'm not, Mm. you know, running thinking, Oh man, if so-and-so was running, like they would be running this much faster. Yeah. I don't even compare myself to you with running because I'm out there running my own race, literally running my own race. And there's freedom in that compared to what I was going through with CrossFit. Um, whenever I would train and I've been training a lot lately due to COVID, I've always kind of trained a lot because I've had personal programming and we haven't really, we don't really train together, but I would always think, man, like if, if Meredith were doing this workout or if Jordan was doing this workout or if Lindsay was doing this workout and these are just girls that I've trained with in the past and competed against, you know, would they be resting? How fast would they have done the handstand walk? And you kind of put yourself down. It's motivating, but in the same way you kind of put yourself down in the middle of a workout, you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. We're running. You're just, you're constantly self aware of what you're doing. Like everyone's run every single other time that you might be chasing or that you've already hit, but it doesn't matter. There's no comparison. Well, I think partially, um, it doesn't, the sport doesn't really exist on social media quite like CrossFit that too. does. So the, the comparison's naturally going to be less. Um, and then in order to, to run for any distance, whether you're running fast or slow, like you have to be so like in tuned with what's going on in your body. So that's where your attention tends to be. Mm-hmm. And you can tell when it's not because all of a sudden, like you're irritable out there, you're checking your watch a lot. Like, I mean, we've all had those runs, but Um, you know, the other thing too, is like, I think because CrossFit is so skill limited a lot of the time, at least at the high, high level, you're not fatigued in the same way that you are with running. Like you, your mind, your mind can run a little wild when you're doing CrossFit. You, you start thinking about other people, you start, you know, thinking about how bad it hurts. Like you, you start thinking about all kinds of things and you project that back onto your output in the gym. Like when you're running, you, you start to fatigue and it just becomes a lot more difficult for your mind to wander in that way. Like that monkey mind just kind of goes away and you become very like clear. Like that's why like you experience a lot of clarity on runs, whether you have something like in your life that's causing anxiety, like, um, something you're worried about when you, when you run those things kind of tend to the worries, the anxieties tend to kind of melt away and you can kind of be there with your thoughts on, you know, you know, what is the core issue that you're, you're dealing with? And, um, I've experienced that a lot of time. I know you have, like, it's, it's a good way to, to get your, your mind right. Just because you, you're dealing with systematic fatigue and it just, it, it becomes more difficult to have a wandering mind like that. Yeah. And, and on that point, the difference between 
training CrossFit or doing a CrossFit based workout compared to running, it's very rare that you're getting into a CrossFit workout, maybe like a 20 minute open workout where you're really moving the whole time. But there's a lot of rest in CrossFit. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like because it's skill limited, like you said. Yeah. And in training, especially because you're you're doing a ton of different intervals, you know, lifting, you're sitting down a lot and just be on your phone or what, like talking to other people. When I'm in the gym, like I'm on my phone, like sometimes I'm texting clients, sometimes I'm seeing emails come through. It's not a great habit, but it sometimes happens. Um, especially if I'm training in the middle of the day and it's office hours, I, I'm kind of expected to be responding to people. When I'm out running today, it was two and a half hours of running. Absolutely no stimulation, no phone. Like I don't even have my phone with me on me at all. It's in the car. I don't have music. I don't have another person with me. It's me and I don't stop. Like you're, you're running the entire time. So you're never stopping to walk and being like, Hmm, you know, what do I have to do after, after I'm done running? Like, what do I have to do today? I don't even think about that. I don't think about, I don't have a worry in the world out there besides completing my run. You know, maybe I think about like, okay, so if I'm running this pace, you know, the marathon, I don't know. Like it's all like, it's all about awareness of what you're doing. Yeah. And then maybe running in the future. Yeah. Because it's really training is it's training, but it's also a test. It's like, okay, is this is this a, an appropriate pace? Can I hold this pace for another ten k? Okay, yeah, but can I hold it for another twenty k? Now that's what's going through your head, mm-hmm. not like, oh, did I text Sarah back? <laughs> I didn't think about my client w- clients once when I was out there. Yeah, but when I'm down in the gym, like, yeah, and I'm talking to you, like, well, what do we need to do tomorrow? Or you're yeah. telling me about your ideas. <laughs> yeah that's stressing me out what what, what meetings do we have tomorrow or (laughs) hey do you want to talk about you know what we want to do for a podcast i don't think about that when i'm running no it's just me it's for me and i finish and it's like you know people people talk about that like endorphin rush and you don't get that with with crossfit no i don't feel it with crossfit i mean there's a, a a sense of satisfaction when you finish a workout especially a really hard one but like when I finish, I'm just thinking randomly back. I did a thousand meter row for the Wadapalooza qualifier two years ago or last year. I did not feel good after that workout. I didn't feel <laughs> mentally good. I didn't feel physically good. I ran a 30 K this morning and I'm like, I mean, physically I'm a little bit tired, but I'm like, I feel great. Yeah. That was awesome. It's just different. Yeah. Do I want to do it again? Yeah. Do I want to do a 1K row again? Hell no. And that might just be specific to me, but I think a lot of other people experience the same the same feeling. Yeah. But I just needed a moment to turn this podcast that was for you about me. Totally fine. <laughs> We're a team here. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah, we were just like, if you're not, if you're not um, aware or clear on this, we are very biased to incorporating running. I think everyone should do it. Although, you know, some people don't like it, but I think you learn to like it once you get better. It's kind of, for me, it's, it's coming, it's full circle because my, um, you know, my, my athletic career as a kid, 
as a young adult ended in college when I stopped swimming. Like that was, that was where it ended for me. And I was not going to be a recreational swimmer. Like I just, I was tired of it. I didn't want to do it anymore. And so I didn't really do anything for a couple of years. I like, I, I would do like random gym stuff here and there. I took like PEs in university. And when I graduated, like I, I started doing a run club and that was, that was the first thing I did after I, and by, after I graduated, I would, and I remember this, it was, if you're from Raleigh, there was a, a there's a Tiernanog run club and it's run by a chiropractor there. And Tiernanog was an Irish pub and it, it was downtown. It's not there anymore. We've actually been to the restaurant. That's where Tiernanog was. Um, and they had a run club and every Monday you would go and you would run a 5k and you'd come back and you would pay a dollar and you would like get a pasta dinner. It was awesome. Um, but that was like, that was my fitness for, I would run that and maybe one other time a week. That's all I would do. Hmm. Um, sounds pretty lazy. Yeah. And I was not like not in good shape. And so like I did that for a little while, like occasionally there would be like a 10 kilometer or something. Um, and then I found CrossFit and got really into CrossFit. Um, stopped running really like, not that you can really call that running, but it, it was running. And so it's kind of fun that like, you know, it started with running and then it was CrossFit and now it's like, okay, I'm back to running. Yeah. But I'm actually good at running now. I mean like, you know, quote unquote, good, better. Yeah. I so. think, um, you know, not to, dem- I, I know I'm talking about the next thing and the next thing, like the, the run in Banff in a couple of weeks will be very difficult. I'll make sure that it's very difficult. Um, the, the run after Banff in the spring, whatever that one is, that's 90 minutes. Like that's going to be, assuming I finish Banff in around like a, you know, a 94 minute, that's a big four minutes to take off. So I don't want to diminish that. I think a 90 minute half marathon is like a 651 per mile pace. Like you're cooking. Yeah. Um, and you're going to have to train in the winter. Yeah. That's going to be a big one is the winter running here. So that'll be new, but more opportunity for you to spend money on sporting equipment, which is your favorite thing to do. I do love that. (laughs) (laughs) I know you love that too. Yeah. Right. I have like super old running winter running gear that I think is like hand-me-downs from my parents. I mean, whatever you're going to, those gloves are like years, probably 20 years old. Yeah. They work. Yep. Um, so it's kind of, it's exciting to like, to look forward, but not like, you know, I'm fully aware that these milestones that I have are, you know, difficult. I think, I feel like a 90 minute half puts you would have to put you in like top 5% time wise. I don't know what the bell curve is. I made that up. Yeah. But that's, I don't that know feels either. right. <laughs> um, it's funny because my dad is a really good, he's an ex marathoner and he's pretty good. Like sub, I think around 2.30 is his best. And every time we talk about our times, he's like, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, my fastest pace today was a, a four four minute per kilometer. He's like. That's literally his marathon <laughs> pace. <laughs> that's so wild. It's like, I did that for 3K today. He's like. 
<laughs> silence like okay <laughs> thanks that made me feel good um but who knows maybe we'll i was gonna ask you and i'm sure our listeners if they're still tuned in which hopefully they are um what is your workout later oh um that's actually a good question and i was meaning to look that up it'll be something uh upper body i have bench press strict bar dips and then some skier toes to bar sprints and then some core work so i have um and granted this is i think this is already a back off week this isn't full taper but i, I mike said that it's slightly lower volume so for this afternoon i have a 10 minute imam of two strict ring muscle ups and then um weighted pull-ups and weighted strict bar dips like supersetted for five sets and then five rounds easy one kilometer bike bike erg am am wrap standing overhead press and then just some like health like some shoulder accessory so that's good it's a good workout post fast 16 kilometer run yeah i don't want to do anything hard yeah cool thanks for explaining your training and all of that stuff hopefully people find it interesting i think so like I, I really believe you're gonna we're gonna potentially see a lot of athletes coming out of crossfit and moving into endurance i don't know if that's like a next one or two years thing or if that's like in the next five years i think it's gonna be interesting to watch it though um you have a you know all these athletes with a huge strength bias that i actually think sets them up for for endurance pretty well some of them at least. Um, so it'll be interesting if that actually happens and then how well, you know, these people do. And you built a lot of these CrossFit athletes with their training volume have built up, uh, a pretty, a pretty great training volume base. Yeah. Like, like they can withstand a lot. They're res resilient. Pain tolerance is high. Yeah. Um, More importantly, sorry to, to cha change, but I feel like we've, and I don't want to take a ton of credit for this, but I feel like we've inspired some people to get out there and like do some running. Well, I like, hope, I hope so. Pe some people have been messaging me. So if you are one of those people, like shoot us a DM on tactic and let us know. Cause we love supporting you. And like, we're super interested in hearing what race you're doing and why you're doing it. And yeah, that would be awesome to know. I think I'm going to start a, uh, a tactic Strava club. <laughs> call it like the the heavy breathers or the mouth breathers or something like that <laughs> so yeah look for that if you're on strava i'll get it set up soon um we'll do little challenges and things it's great um yeah if you have any questions on training or anything let us know we um we're enjoying it a lot we think it's the best and um god it's so nice to get outside it's so nice oh, to get yeah. out of the gym it's so hilarious because we spent so much money on our home gym and now we're like, let's get out of the gym, but yeah, we but still we use it all the time. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's still worth having, but, um, yeah, it's the best. So anyways, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. And, uh, we'll do another one soon. <laughs>